Hi everyone, my name is Christopher Vonheim and you're listening to the BIN podcast. Simply the podcast for those who want to learn from the very best in business, tech and entrepreneurship. Let's start the show. Snorre Stinesen is an award-winning architect with spectacular houses and cabins that are shown in the most exclusive magazines all over the world. Snorre is constantly receiving new requests and the prices of his work are starting to become so many that it's difficult to keep track. In this episode, we discuss why Snorre became a full-time architect quite late in his life, why he believes that his work receives so much global attention and his best advice to those who want to make a living of their own creativity and passion. Let's start the show. All opinions expressed by Christopher Vonheim or his guests on this podcast are only their opinions and do not reflect the opinions of BIN. You should not treat any opinion expressed by Christopher Vonheim as a specific reason to invest or follow a particular strategy, but only as an expression of his opinion. This podcast is for informational purposes only. Okay, everyone, welcome back. Super happy to have Snorre with us. Thank you so much for joining. Honored to be here. Thank you for, for the invitation. So you're well known in the world of architect. Can you tell us how you found a passion to create stuff, to build stuff? Oh, I think that's, uh, looking back, that probably started as a small kid. Uh, I played with Lego for longer than was socially accepted, I guess. (laughs) How long? Uh, Can you tell how long? Well, I don't really know. I think I I had that well until high school, I mean. (laughs) But but I I didn't, I had no... um, uh, no idea that that was actually perhaps a sign of, of creativity or or uh, or like a, a signal that okay architecture could be interesting for for you. Uh, so coming coming to that point in life, I think uh, I was I was applying for all kinds of universities and very different paths, and and uh, I came to architecture purely by, by coincidence and, and some last-minute decisions. Uh, and, and I think from, from there on, I, I had a sort of, for 15 years or so, sort of a, a personal struggle, whether that was really uh, the sort of my path uh, for the rest of my work life or, or not. Uh, I think... Uh, through a few sort of bumps in the road and different courses uh, along the, the way, I, th- that was how I discovered that, that this, is really, I really, this is really what I want to do in life. This is really what I want to work with and, and, uh, and, and use the creativity uh, and sort of embrace it. So basically you had to look behind you and in hindsight to understand that that spike or passion w- existed from early youth right but then when you were growing up you didn't think like it's i'm going to make houses and cabins that are <laughs> going to be well known all around the world right <laughs> absolutely not <laughs> so, so, i was mostly making spaceships and uh, things like that I thought. 
stuff. That was the cool stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I can imagine. Can you introduce maybe maybe one project? Uh, we talked a bit about uh, Manshausen. It's a famous explorer who was sort of like bought this island. Can you mm. introduce that project? And then we can also show some photos on YouTube, at least about the project and the mm. island, because it's a very interesting project. And also, I think you told me that it wasn't necessarily meant to be this kind of project, but you saw that this could be a bigger opportunity to create something bigger and not just only create a cabin. Well, I, I guess the last part is a bit natural because I'm the architect and, and this was my my moment to, to sort of be a, to shine you now, to be able to to really develop something interesting. Of course, I, I we all we all strive to find projects where we can sort of design and make something meaning, meaningful. Uh, but Börge Ausland, uh, the, the explorer, of course, bought this island primarily out of its location, beautiful scenery, beautiful location, uh, and, and not immediately with the thought of, of uh, a commercial development, uh, other than, than sort of falling in love with, with this uh, small island. Uh, and after some consideration, of course, he, he already has uh, uh, a good business of, of uh, lecturing and team building and, and uh, well, sharing his, his experience. Uh, and, and of course, the, the idea of creating a, a, well, a, a resort or uh, something uh, along those lines uh, came to light. And then, of course, Combined with uh, with his uh, knowledge and uh, vast knowledge of, of and, uh, opportunity to offer activities, uh, and he, he sent out a request, uh, a bit coincidentally also to me, and and of course uh, I, for my part, and and very soon he also uh, saw that uh, you know this all this landscape, this uh, uh, this fantastic. Uh, site has also the potential potential uh, for a development of, of uh, something unique in, in terms of design and and particularly in how you uh, relate to to the surrounding nature and how you invite the nature and, and then you know an important part of his exploration has been extremely exposed to natural elements and and uh, the the opportunity to sort of invite others uh, in of course a more comfortable way to to have a, a taste of the same experience uh, became an important uh, starting point for the project agree so i think you said to me previously that you're not so into that the first idea you get is the one that you should pursue you should sort of think about it more nuanced maybe use some unconsciousness and maybe take some some time to let the idea sink in your head before you propose the idea. Do you think that's important when creating something, uh, a big project, that not every or the first thought is the one that you're going for, but you actually take the time to get in, get in touch with the nature, understand the environment, and maybe try to think, is this the right project the next 10 years, and not only is it the right project today? Mm. Yeah, of course, those are hard extremely important considerations in my, in my mind. I think there is a, in, in terms of creativity, there's a saying, kill your darlings. And, and that relates to the, the first ideas you get, they, they, they tend to stick and they're hard to sort of 
work uh, away from or or discard when even if you even if it's play, fairly plain uh, that that they can't that that they they're not the best ones uh, or they, they don't really work as you wanted they, they're functional they're they're not as functional as you wanted them to be etc. So uh, but for instance for Munsterson I think we had. Uh, we had a we or we had a long process to put it that way uh, in in uh, in a very uh, rewarding dialogue with with Berge, uh, and and uh, the interaction with with the uh, with the client to me uh, is is extremely uh, interesting and, and rewarding. That that also gives some other uh, perspectives and 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 your ideas are challenged and you need to sort of be able to explain your ideas in a manner that, that also convinces the client. And that's, if, if you can't do that, then, then you might not be on, on the right track. Mm. Makes sense. So another part that we haven't discussed anything about previously in our talks is that the way you choose materials, because I see this big trend, especially in finance, that there's a big opportunity to use better materials that will last longer and that are more sustainable. And I think you said that you don't really use plastic. And I think you make very conscious decisions about what materials you're going to use and how that material will evolve over, let's, let's say, 20 years ahead. Can you give us an insight into how you choose the materials and why that is important, not just only from a, like a footprint, but also like in your over, overall strategy in a project? Because I guess those two has to be linked together both that is sustainable, mm. but also that you think this suits the project. Yeah, of course. And it, well, to, to, firstly, it's it's not always I get to choose either. So, but but in the cases where I do, uh, I, I, I think uh, it's it's only a question of, of natural respect, both for both for the nature in general, uh, but also for for the people living in in, in the house. It, it's. Uh, it should be a healthy place to stay, uh, and and I think a lot of, let's say the not not the very recent but the later year development in in the building regulations and techniques have been more focused on mass production, uh, and a few sort of let's say political points in terms of energy conservation or and stuff like that that really hasn't been always in tune. With with a, a healthy way of of, uh, of building a house, and I think in 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 a short span of time we've sort of overlooked and forgotten a lot of lessons learned through hundreds of years before that. Uh, so so in in that sense, I think my ideas of sustainability is just as much relying on on traditional methods or or historic. Uh, uh, lessons than uh, as it is on, on new technology uh, and the combination of those to me is perhaps uh, the most interesting. Do you feel like you use the same type of materials because they all sort of look like they have the same themes when you create projects or do you like to experiment with different types of materials and maybe you can also introduce your favorite materials to use in cabins or similar shelters you make? I think this is a. This also has a lot to do with uh, with your own background uh, and and with 
where you grown up in the world. Uh, for us, growing up here in Norway, of course, uh, wood is, is a uh, is, is a very natural material for us. It's it's what the houses always were built of, uh, at least the houses for living in, and uh, and uh, uh, as such. Uh, it, it has, of course, a, a personal resonance uh, that's, um, uh, that's, well, I know the, the qualities of it and, and, uh, and it's, I'm on, on, on a fairly safe ground uh, in, in terms of knowing how it will work, how it will sort of, how the experience of the room would be, etc., working with different types of wood. Uh, and, of course, uh, if it's sustainably sourced and, and properly worked and all of that, then, then, then it also has uh, a, a low footprint, uh, uh, which, is, which is, of course, uh, a goal in itself. Uh, and also, I, I do believe that, you know, the, the, the newer houses where you, where you first you found out you needed extra insulation to, 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 to respond to regulations, then you found out that that became a problem because of, of moisture, etc. So you needed to sort of wrap yourself in a bag of plastic to avoid that. And then you found out, perhaps you found out at least, that you needed to compensate that with uh, some additional technology like ventilation, etc., which has its own energy consumption. And perhaps people were tending to be a little bit more uh, asthmatic or, 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 or similar. I think that just goes to show that, that you know, there, there, there are other ways of doing things which could be healthier. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to talk about specific projects, but just the way you talked about it now, I've seen some bigger projects that are very expensive houses, and it's, mm. it's marketing as this is the most sustainable house ever, but then mm. it doesn't work because the technology isn't the right way executed, mm. and then you have the mm. big problem you're telling us about now. So this is actually not that irrelevant this happens quite a lot in new mm. projects that sort of wants to be this like new way of living sustainable zero footprint mm. do you think sometimes we just like we go ahead too quickly and maybe we should just learn from history and see that maybe there's a simpler way of achieving this than to make a very techish solutions on every problem at least i think that's an excellent uh, point actually yeah uh, absolutely i think Part of the problem there is is a little bit of lack of, of uh, well interest and and perhaps also and certainly respect for for lessons learned uh, when when people uh, put houses down way back in time they they used a lot of time to find the right spots they there were a lot of things coming into consideration which we now today totally look away from we've been not even concerned where the sun rises or it sets. And, and far less how the ground below the, below the building is, etc. So, so yeah, definitely. Uh, and, and we all, perhaps we all hurry a little bit too much uh, and, and we don't take the time to see how the longer effects of, but this, this has a lot of, you can, you can use this on almost everything. So it's not, it's not something uh, unique for architectural buildings. But still, if you make something a big block, that block is probably going to stand there for some years. So probably mm. you should think a bit more about it before creating a software company because you can just hit two tabs and the software company <laughs> disappears, right? <laughs> well, 
well, in today's world, I, I'm guessing some of their social media impact has, has just as big an impact on people's lives than that. that but yeah, but, but you, of course you're right. I mean, definitely we should. And, and certainly, I mean, certainly a lot of, of, of the buildings going up are, are well considered and, and are very good examples of, of things done very, very well. But, but on the other hand, uh, a little bit of, of consideration and the waste is 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 never a bad thing. And, and uh, but there is no there is no there are no sort of uh, given answers to this. Uh, that's uh, and this is uh, now I'm I'm moving into uh, it, it fields of expertise where I'm I'm really sinking into the <laughs> into the water. So that's I mean, but but the the um, the easier way of, of knowing that you are on, on doing something which isn't too harmful, at least, is, is looking a little bit back into, into uh, well, perhaps tradition or historic uh, methods which have been learned through a long, long time. Uh, and, and there, at least, you've had uh, layers of knowledge to build on. I agree. And just to put a very simple, maybe <laughs> dumb example, but it's the reason why maybe your grandmother is the best at making fish cakes and you should learn from her and maybe not the new producer with a new fancy product. Uh, but I thought we could talk a bit about the way you create sort of this, like maybe some of these cabins are what you are most known for. I'm not sure about that. But anyway, I think it's very interesting that you said that there's a different, I mean, there's a different process creating a building where you should maybe spend some weekends and have the best weekend of your life compared to a home where you're going to stay and work and sleep every day. Can you sort of distinguish those two concepts? Because maybe someone sees a cabin you made and think, I want to have it like that at my home place. But maybe that isn't the best way to go about it because there are some different approaches to that because maybe you're creating on one hand a paradise going to be used 15 days, while on the other hand you wanna you wanna have some other considerations in your mind. <laughs> Certainly, uh, and and of course, I mean you would always try to to sort of find and, and nourish the same qualities of a site. I mean, if, if it's an urban site, it's quite different from from a rural one, of course. Uh, but but so. Those are the similarities where you'd really like to sort of uh, find them uh, properly uh, and and uh, and you know uh, both use them for the best uh, the best way possible, uh, but also uh, be respectful uh, in, in that setting. But on the other hand, of course, the place where you're living, where you're staying longer periods, you have very different functional requirements and 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 if it's uh and that that's there are um, i mean there are even differences between any family you are you are designing to it's a family of of two who are always going to be two or there is a family of of three who are going to be five and then going back to be two again at later stage in, in life and then perhaps in in holidays they'll be uh, 15. so so um there are there are uh of course, a lot more uh, of, of different uh, circumstances you need to take into consideration designing a home for somebody, uh, which is good. And, and 
to make it work, uh, both in the everyday life and, and for, the, for the festive days of life. When you look back at some of your most known projects that has been given multiple global awards, do you think the success factor is a matter of skill or do you think it's a lot about intuition or a bit luck? Or do you think that every, everything is at play at the same time? It's the right team, it's the right project and it's the right skills and intuition that makes it happen. Or have you looked at a project and said, this was a success because of A, B, C and I want to replicate that in other projects? Oh, uh, complex question. But but um, in terms of team, skill is definitely at play. In terms of me personally, I think that's basically intuition or something. <laughs> but but uh, and and perhaps respect. I, I mean, it's uh, for me uh, the the important sort of guideline is to 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 find uh, let's say a conceptual idea that resonates with, with a gut feeling and uh, that, that you're sort of feel have a good feeling that this is uh, a good way to go forward doesn't mean it's the only one uh, far from it there are, there are a thousand ways to solve anything but but if you find one way which sort of resonates uh, and, and feels good in, in all terms of, of that then then at least it's not a wrong answer so so and then uh, Perfecting that, owning that, and and uh, and working with that may be more fruitful than trying to develop like ten different schemes at the same time. Uh, so, so that's perhaps a, a a formula that I'm that I'm often going back to in in sense of developing a project. But before I can come up with any idea, uh, I need all the input I can have uh, for the intuition to sort of be useful. Uh, I need I need to know as much as I can about the site, whether it's a landscape or urban. I need to know as much as I can about the client, uh, etc. And then and then when you have enough input, uh, perhaps uh, give yourself a little time uh, to to let the subconsciousness take part in 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 the in the thought process. How have you crafted your own creativity? Is it about being curious or do you have a specific set of patterns you follow to make sure that that intuition has the best chance of working the way you should? Or do you often spend time being curious about stuff that you think will help you make better projects? Well, I think curiosity is, of course, a, a key ingredient to any, uh, any such process. But, but, but it's also about uh, doing uh, very specific tasks, uh, analyzing, uh, working through sort of uh, the, the elements you need to understand, mapping, out, mapping them out as far as you can. Uh, but, but so you need to do the sort of the footwork and, and, then, and then at some point you can sort of re retreat, retreat a little bit uh, to give yourself some space to, to uh, perhaps come, come up with some good idea on the way forward. Is it possible to you to explain uh, a good day at your end? Because I guess every day differs, but let's say you have between 10 and 30 different projects going on at the same time. You can't be involved in every project every day, I guess, but how would you structure a perfect day to make sure that your output is as good as you think it can be maximum? 
are the clients listening on this? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I have no idea. No. I have no idea. <laughs> no, I mean, I mean, the, the fortunate thing about yes, I do have twenty, thirty, or perhaps so projects going on at the same time. But you know, these are all they're all moving parts, and and some they they stop for a moment of time, and others are are a bit uh, we are pressed for time, etc. So of course. Uh, but when when you look at, away from all that, which is the sort of daily uh, juggling of, of different tasks, uh, then then the you know the, the the best periods are the ones where you really work, where you've done all this footwork that I talked about, and and you're you're starting to sort of get uh, the ideas uh, coming, and and you start to work on them, and you start to sort of. Uh, work on on ideas and and uh, test them out and and, uh, and and the early work of that is is well that's just magical. So I, I think I don't know if you agree, but I feel sometimes in creative work people try to to measure it based on the hours you work. But sometimes I feel if you said if you did, if you did your homework, then suddenly two hours can make the process of maybe hundred hours because suddenly you're connecting the dots all together. And mm. I do you think that's kind of like common in creative stuff that sometimes you do the footwork and a project stands still, but suddenly mm. you have that that spark that suddenly see okay now I see the next five months that we're going and that is actually worth maybe thousands of hours because in creativity you can't really force it can you I don't think Snowy no. can sit down and say I will solve this today and then just <laughs> put an all nighter and then the project is finished in his head. Do you feel like you have to use some serendipity in order to to get those massive projects that maybe are recognized ten years later? Yeah, I mean you can't force it. That, that's for sure. And, but but of course, it at some point it helps having a deadline too. So so you 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 have to sit down and you have to really now now I need to solve this. Uh, so so the the pressure of of uh, having the, the time pressure itself also. Uh, Creates a focus uh, that, that, to me, is necessary, uh, and is a is a good element of, of a, a creative process. Uh, but but I mean, this is um, this is not something you can measure in hours. Uh, it's it's uh, it's the output at the end, which is important. And and anyway, how are you going to to, to note down hours if you are sort of lying? If you're waking up in the, in the middle of the night and then you have a thought which you need to put down on paper and then you get to sleep again and then oh no and then you do something else or you walk in in and you need to take a walk to, to to or go for a hike and then and then suddenly the inspiration sort of comes from that i mean because you're constantly thinking you're constantly you're constantly working on the project but you're not sitting in front of the computer perhaps working in in something which can be shown in in a, in a hundred different diagrams or or sketches it's it's a we we work in different ways i think people um and and some i think need to sort of work through things uh like sketching sketching or building models and and, and others uh for others it's it's more of a mental process where you when you need, when you need to sort of think things through, things through, work, work it uh, like a model in your mind, etc. But I think the biggest problem is that uh, today we kind of work 
like we did when we were running factories, right? Mm. We were to do yeah. one task and you're gonna, that's why also the school system, there's a reason why we're all sitting the way we're sitting because it's based on the factory or the revolution, industrial revolution. So it's very interesting that when the tasks become more and more creative, I don't think mm. you should use the structure you use to run a factory, arriving at eight, going home at four, punching in and punching out. <laughs> Absolutely not. And I'm certainly not doing that. <laughs> we, we couldn't have had this at eight, that's for sure. No, <laughs> perhaps in the evening. But, yeah, but then exactly. We would be making dinner. No, I'm, I'm uh, I, I mean, also the, the um, so to, to be able to work from different, and now we can work from any place. So, so I mean, uh, working from home today, uh, or I might be in the office tomorrow or in a cafe or might be uh, when I'm when I'm traveling of course I'm, I'm working and I'm, I'm seeing new places I'm, I'm uh, sort of working when I'm traveling and, and the ways or just finding an, a, a good spot to to sit and, and, uh, and work wherever I am um, that, that that's that's just uh, you you need to be able to sort of uh, make your own mine uh, mine space to do that uh, for me at least uh, that's that's the key to that I can work anywhere so regardless of what's going on around me I guess and not completely regardless of course but mostly uh, so so um, uh, yeah I think you're absolutely right I think that's part of the problem that you are we, we don't really know how to measure uh, and, and an architectural studio uh, typically, will uh, will invoice based on uh, on hours on hourly production uh, and and I think that's uh, that's that's a that's a problem because then then you need to be producing uh, you need to be able to sort of uh, work diagrams or, or or sketches for the hours that you are that you are charging and and uh, and, and that work may may both be not very, uh, let's say, uh, rewarding in, in, in terms of the output, or, or it may even be uh, pushing putting things too hard and, and, and you're working. Uh, a lot of this has to do with, you know, finding the right directions to, 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 to develop something. Uh, using as, as little time as possible, working on, on something, on things that aren't, fruitful at all, or, or maybe even uh, completely the wrong answer to what you're doing or working to solve. Mm. I, I totally agree. Just the last few questions. There's so many out there that wants to make a living of their passion. Mm. We know that's mm. very hard and it's very hard to be a generalist giving advice and say, do this and you'll succeed. <laughs> but I mean, if you were forced to, to give your best knowledge on how to succeed at your passion, could one option be to to sort of think about your childhood and try to remember what you initially liked to do? You, you talked about the Legos, right? So, I mean, yeah. sometimes mm -hmm. I think people forget that maybe what they were interested in at 10 years old, probably there is some spark there and maybe they should go back and, and visit that place, at least in their mind and see. Mm. When no one was asking me to do anything as a 10 year old kid, right? You do whatever you want after school. Mm. What did you mm. do? Did you? be on the computer or did you run outside? Because maybe that's a hint, at least, into what you can achieve as a grown-up, where you have responsibility and actually needs to, you need to get paid in order to live of it, right? You can't just do it because you like it. 
Yeah, absolutely. And uh, to some extent, I, I certainly agree. And then, of course, on the other side, if if we were to apply that to my to my kids, uh, at least the youngest one, he he would just be playing video games for his whole life. <laughs> <laughs> which which might not really be the passion of his life, but but that's what you do these days. Uh, so I, I mean, to some extent, you also need to be sort of pushed into situations where you where you need to to sort of make some some uh, something out of that. Uh, but but uh, I, I I to me, I think it's it's difficult because we it's important. The most important thing is that we are different people. And that's perhaps where we have the most to contribute uh, in, in terms of the broader uh, development of, of uh, well, of things. Uh, and, and then, of course, uh, on the other hand, the, it, to make to, to be able to follow your own path, you need to sort of first of all, you need to sort of take that step and believe in yourself. But you need also to do it on. A, a path which really interests you, which you really find rewarding and rewarding enough to spend almost all your time doing just that. Uh, and, you know, for, for some people, the most interesting things, and perhaps for quite a lot of people, is, is the time spent after work, where you really don't have to sort of um, produce anything. You can just uh, be, uh, be totally free. Uh, and and that might not always be uh, something you can combine with making a living of. So I think, th so, I think um, that's super important because you can't get everything in life, right? You can't have the hmm. most freedom and go on all vacations and as well be excellent <laughs> in your profession, right? Can you just use no. maybe one, two minutes to say when you say hard work, what does it actually mean in terms of hours or sacrifices? Because many people say that you have to work hard but not so many explains the consequences of working hard. <laughs> well, the consequences of working hard, you, you, I mean, there is a balance. And, and I think you need to, to, to uh, or at least for my part, I need to find a balance. Uh, I think that's healthy for me, and I think it's uh, certainly healthy for the family. Uh, and, and, but that also gives a lot in return. I mean, being able to, to sort of keep a balance in that also uh gives me other perspectives to what i'm what i'm doing than rather only working or only working hard if you if you just do that you might not be able to be joy enough to really understand what you're doing or reflecting on it uh enough but of course a, a process a creative process may sort of absorb almost uh, all the energy you have uh, because you're you're putting everything into it and you're working I mean, you're working all the time, and I'm 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 uh, I'm constantly uh, sort of in in my mind. Uh, different aspects of a project or or different projects are always uh, turning around, and uh, and some I try to push back to sort of mm, yeah give the subconsciousness a little space because I think uh, or I have a hope that the, the the intelligence is a little bit more than just my my analytical brain and part of the brain would, would sort of uh, be able to, to give uh, and, and being a, sort of give enough space for, <clears throat> for some intuitivity or, or subconsciousness, uh, I think is, 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 a, uh, is an excellent tool to, to be able to do something 
a little bit more interesting uh, in in each task you're given. Um, but but yeah, I mean it's um, in, in terms of hours. Now you can't really measure it because it's uh, constantly right in your yeah, head. Yeah, constant. <laughs> but, but but just a last question before we wrap up in terms of sleep, and if you can start maybe in your twenties and up to today. Do you have the same prioritization about sleep or has that changed in your mind in terms of how well you feel at work? Because there's a huge trend in terms of sleep and someone thinks it's a competition to get 10 hours today because sleep is the most <laughs> important thing in life. But of course, it's individual, right? So it's not like we can't say this is the right amount of sleep. But since you are a creative person, how have you found sleep to to how does it affect you basically if you sleep well for one week or super bad in one week or months i i guess i'm like a sort of the, the perfect soldier i'm i'm i can sleep anywhere anytime then no problems I, i'm sleeping on airplanes i'm sleeping standing up or lying down just takes me two seconds it it annoys my wife to 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 almost crazy because she she does not <laughs> do you know how you do it or is it just born or do you have a, a, a method to sleep in two seconds if you're standing up? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, first of all, you need to close the eyes. <laughs> and, then, and then secondly, of course, you, 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 you might need to put a little effort into sort of clearing your mind. And sometimes it's just too cluttered. So what I've, I've done, some, what I do sometimes when it's just too much, you can't really let go of, or, of, of all the things you're thinking of. And, and I just invite all the thoughts I have at once, and that becomes too much anyway. So, so I fall asleep from that. So, uh, <laughs> but, but yeah, I, of course, I mean, I, I, I think during studying, for example, I, I exper experimented with that. I mean, uh, you were looking to get good grades, et cetera. So, so I, I would, for, for a couple of, of uh, semesters, I would, almost not sleep at all you, you know for a month i would only sleep two hours a day and then work 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 to to sort of maximize the output and i just got exactly the same grade as i did before and, and the output was, was not even that good but but the amount of work done was was of course weighing the other direction so so i, uh, I think i learned from that that you know the, the one thing like we talked you can't force it and the other thing is you need a little bit there is, there is effective work and there is just work. So, so you need to sort of conserve your energy and harness that for, for when you need it. Uh, yeah. It's sort of the, I don't know if you're familiar with the Pareto rule, but basically that 20% of the output is basically the result. So you should just maximize on that 20% because, you know, you can seem quite busy if you have a job hmm. that sort of your own company, you can be in meetings, you can take phone hmm. calls, but... Does it really add value to the project? Probably not every time. So very, that's an excellent point, actually, because we, we spent far too much time answering emails, responding to different kind of, of uh, well, requests either by email or phone. or And, and, and that's all something, they, they all take a little bit of energy. They all take a little bit of focus away from, from where you really should be working. Uh, so, so being able to sort of, um, well, uh, how should I put, filter some of that, I think is, is probably a key. Yeah. Mm. Totally agree. Okay. Let's end it there. Thank you so much for joining Snorri. It was a pleasure. Absolutely a pleasure. Thank you. <laughs> 
Hi everyone, Christopher here again. Just a few things before you leave the show. If you like this episode, it would be great if you could give it a review and also share it with your professional network. If you want to get in touch with me, Twitter is the place. Just go to at Chris Wunheim. You can also find this information in the show notes. Hope to see you tune in to the next episode and take care.